buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. Today I've got Scott Kaplan. He is the founder at Quick Hit Sales Tips, helping sales teams 2X their bookings with sales tips and tactics to improve uh, for professional sellers. So we've got some interesting topics planned out. And as always, first we're going to jump into Scott's brief sales story. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, Colin. How are you, my man? I'm doing good. We're like kind of neighbors. We're not too far from each other. We are not. Your dad lives on my street of my memory. Starts. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We we <laughs> met on LinkedIn and had a little chat and then uh, planned on getting you on here and had to reschedule. But here we are making it happen. Um, so before we jump in, you've heard the podcast before. So, yeah. you know, we like to keep it short and brief, the cliff nose version of your sales story so we can give some quick hit sales tips for our sales hustlers. Yes. So knowing that that happens, uh, I didn't want to start with the traditional out of college. I went into sales. So while I've been professionally selling for 25 years, I'm going to take you way back 40 years ago when I was six years old. I sold a teddy bear at a little kind of makeshift yard sale. And I ran inside and told my mom I sold a teddy bear for, for 10 bucks. And she goes, that ugly mangly thing you've had for years? How did you do that? I said, yeah. mom, the guy was walking by with his girlfriend and everything else. And I said, gosh, you guys look so cute. She looks so much better with this teddy bear. And the guy said the same thing. He's like, you know, it's a it's an old teddy bear. If I'm going to get her a teddy bear, I'm going to get her a new one. I don't need one that you've been using and everything else. So I hear you, but it's not used. It's filled with love, right? And just <laughs> look, at, look, at, look at your girl. She's filled with love too. Right then and there. I knew I had him, right? Because he can't say no for $10 with his, with his you know, girl right there. He's got to say yes. And here yeah. I am just understanding that I made this sale because I knew the need. I knew what he wanted to go out there and do. He couldn't say no. And then from there, everyone's been saying since, <laughs> since that time, I'd be great in sales. And so it's just something I've had a huge passion for and something I've just done ever since, you know, cold calling jobs in college and doing that and all the way through my professional career. Wow. So uh, needless to say, you started from a young age. I did. I was uh, born and raised by sellers. Uh, my parents, on uh, all sides of the multiple families of parents, have all sellers. And so it's just kind of in my nature. Yeah. You know, one thing that you pointed out there about that conversation of selling the old raggedy teddy bear at six <laughs> years old is understanding the needs and desires of 
the person you're selling to, which is something a lot of sellers struggle with. Yeah. So how can a seller who's maybe new or maybe even been around a while that still struggles with that piece, how, what muscles can they flex or what quick hit sales tips do you have for them to be able to emulate that six-year-old Scott selling the teddy bear and understanding the needs and desires of, of, of the dad there? Yeah. So, you know, the way I always like to think about how we go out there is really understanding our sales process and what's really involved with whatever you're selling, whether it's a teddy bear, uh, you know, cybersecurity systems or anything in between. What is it that your prospect customer really needs to go out there and understand? And if you could bring that in throughout the entirety of that process, it really helps you. So think about when you can't even ask people questions, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't know them yet. You're just making a cold call or you're prospecting or you've already maybe understood them for years and years and years and it's been a continual customer. I love breaking down the process to know what we can go out there and get out of every possible interaction. So one of the things that I work on a lot with my customers is breaking down that sales process and creating a sales playbook. And I know people you know, have a lot of different versions of a sales playbook. The ones that I like to, to come across with and develop are really about what are the stages in terms of what do we need to go out there and do? So I, as a seller, am very aware of where I am in the sales process, what are the things I need to go out there and do? And a sales playbook should give you those tools and resources and best practices that you could go out there and use that you can get to in two to three clicks. It's great for prepping. If you really know your sales playbook, you can use it on the fly with customers and in meetings. So it's not just having things like an elevator pitch, but how do you take an idea of an elevator pitch where you're talking about the needs, but if you have a persona battle card or a vertical battle card or even a product battle card, in those you talk about the challenges that are specific to that person, to that vertical. So you can make it very relevant, make it very tailored. So whether you're doing prospecting and talking about it, you're bringing up something new with a customer that you haven't talked to yet, it's all about following that process. And yes, at some point in time, you're going to ask great questions and you're going to you know, pitch your product. And even with me in that teddy bear story, at some point in time, you're going to ask for the sale. Yeah. You know, yeah, I even yeah. put it in her hands. It's like the idea of test driving a car. Look at it. She just, you can feel the love coming from it. Can't you feel the love? She can feel the love coming from it. It just makes that sale nice and easy. It makes it easy to go out there and ask for it. So having those types of processes that are there and being able to know how to use it, when to use it, and most effectively those best practices is critical. And if you just think about like all the, you know, fantastic heroes that we worship in this sports or the, you know, the brain surgeons that we go out there, theater actors, whatever the case may be, everyone has a process. And yeah, the they're not, they're not winging it. They're not, a doctor is not going to wing it. A professional athlete is not going to wing it. And I think, I mean, there's so many sales leaders that just still have their playbook in their head or documented, you know, I don't know, on a napkin, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, and, and the process and the playbook is so important to just understand, you know, what's next, what's supposed to happen in this stage, where we're at, where we're going. Um, but there's, I'm also a big believer too, and I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, yeah. is there's got to be, um, you know, there's got to be some room for some autonomy in there for sellers or, or their own creative, you know, styles yeah. or ways of going about things. What are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, sure. Everyone's going to have their own style. So, you know, if I give you a, a rough script for an elevator pitch or questions you want to go out there and ask or a process, you got to make it your own. It has to come from you and how you speak, your words, your tonality. I'm a very flamboyant guy. I'm going to move my hands. I'm going to be, you know, energetic when I talk with people because that's just my nature. But you got to find that right nature for you. So I've worked with a lot of people so they can tailor it and they can make it their own. And that's even one of the best things when I have people practice the skills, right? Because any athlete practices, you know, you know, actors rehearse, you get the gist, right? When you go out there and you do that practice and you do things especially out loud, so all you sellers out there, if you're practicing an elevator pitch with the questions, say it out loud, not in your head. Go out there and yep. you'll find your own tonality. You'll find out what works for you. You'll find out those customer success stories and how you talk about them, how you weave in those questions for yourself. But you still have to be diligent to the process. You can't say, oh, I don't believe in it. I'm just not going to do this piece. You still have to follow those key critical aspects and leverage those best practice, but do it in the way that is your language, your tonality, your personality. Yeah. And what are your thoughts about... You know, there's a lot of reports and things like that out there, like Gartner, of like really, you know, reframing your sales process, you know, to fit more of the way buyers are buying today, which is very different and has changed. Um, and people are coming in at different places, right? Based on sure. what resources you have available to them, um, what they've maybe already done. Um, so how do you, how do you weave that into a sales process? Yeah. And I don't, while things have changed with regards to maybe we're not doing, you know, face to face with COVID like we used to, and now we're doing more, you know, video calls and, and those items. But I think the nature of what we go out there and do and ask questions, understand people's needs and make sure we know how to position ourselves to be effective. And hopefully we're a good fit. If not, move on. But how do we go out there and do those things? I don't think that's really changed that much in the grand scheme of things over the past, you know, 20, 30 years that's been out there. And I, you know, grew up reading Zig Ziglar and all of those. And, you know, I'm even friends with, you know, Matt Dixon, who's one of the authors of Challenger Sale. And he and I have had some good bantering sessions. But it's all about making sure that you can take those key, you know, uh, sales skills and execute. But I think the trick is the quantity of sales skills. I don't know if people really understand the massive amount of sales skills that are out there. And when you really start to break things down, there is so much you have to go out there and do. And typically you hear things like we've been talking about elevator pitches, questions yep. you want to go out there and ask. You know, agenda and expectations are what I call a right now contract. You know, all those things are there, but there's things that I think get missed even, you know, you'd be surprised how often they get missed. For example, as a referral program, a lot of times people, you know, just maybe think, oh yeah, I'll just go ask for a referral. But to do a solid referral program, there's yeah. some steps you got to go out there and do, right? And you got to make sure you can go out there and, and hit those and make sure that you can do it so that you have a process to really be effective because we all know referrals are a great way to go out there and get new business, right? Or solidify who you are in the business. If you're getting you know, client testimonials as a type of referral, getting something on your LinkedIn page, a customer you can reference, all of those are different types of referrals that you can go out there and, and know how to get into. But a lot of people don't even think about that, right? Or they think about it as an afterthought. Once I get the client sold and they're up and running, then I'll go back to Colin and say, hey, Colin, do you know anyone that you could introduce me to? 
And I'd even say back it up. Anytime you have a good, positive conversation, you should be going out there and asking for different types of business. And even just, from the people, even from the people that you don't end up doing business with. Of course. You know, I mean, you know, when I work with folks, I tell them like, hey, the goal is to make sure and sales hustlers have probably heard this a million times. So forgive me for saying it again. But the goal is to give the other person on the other side of the relationship a good experience, regardless of the outcome, you know, possible outcome. Number one is, you know, you do business together. Great. Possible outcome. Number two you don't do business together, you know, and then third possible outcome, maybe you do business together. And for some reason, at some point you stop doing business together. Yeah. Right. And so regardless of what happens, whatever, you know, whatever outcome ends up being the case in that relationship, uh, the goal is to make sure you gave them a good experience yeah. so Absolutely. that you can ask for referrals yeah. because why is it that sellers are so reluctant to ask for referrals. I honestly don't understand it. Do you have any idea? Do you have anything that you can share? Yeah, so I think part of it is um, there's, there's always a fear factor with, with salespeople to some extent. Not that they're necessarily afraid of being told no, but they might not know how to ask it in a way that sounds fluid and comfortable with it. And it mm. doesn't have to be more complex. Let's even take like a you know, an introductory call or discovery call. We're, you know, Colin, you haven't, you haven't, you know, purchased from me yet. You know, but the idea would be, you know, hey, Colin, I really appreciate this conversation. It's great. And, you know, obviously I've looked you up on LinkedIn and those things. And I see that you worked at company A before and company B before that. I'm curious to know, is there, you know, a couple people from both of those companies you can maybe introduce me to that you think would be a good fit for what we have that maybe, you know, you know, I can get their information from you and let them know that you introduced me. It's as simple as that. But I asked for two people here and two people here. Now, here's also the benefit. If someone does buy from you, that level of trust is really high. That relationship tends to be much higher. So then you can even ask for more. So if you ask for three or four and they give you one, they're probably feeling a little bit bad. Mm. So ask for more. Hey, Calm, that's okay. That's great. I appreciate that one. Hey, I noticed that you were also connected with this person and this person. Can you connect me? So I can ask directly for the person. I might say, hey, would you mind being a reference for me when someone's kind of questioning, should they go forward? Do you mind if I refer, you know, get you in touch with them? Right? Those types of referrals that are out there. If you really develop your LinkedIn page and you want customer testimonials, hey, would you mind if I, if I you know, gave me a customer testimonial, how we talked about the needs and how we were able to go out there and position something for you? I'd love that if you wouldn't mind writing two or three sentences for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I even like, you know, um, in the part of your sales process where you're negotiating, uh, whatever that looks like for whatever you sell, yeah. hey, referrals can be on the table. You know, case customer wants like a concession. Yeah. Concessions don't come for free. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, marketing wants you to ask for the case study, but eh, case study's good. Reference is better, but referrals are even better for the seller. Think, yeah. You know, hey, the yeah, totally. I mean, if you're looking for a concession on terms or pricing, ask for some referrals. Yep. And especially you have if you have a target persona, right? Ask for some referrals. You used an S at the end of that. You didn't use it in the singular sense. Oh, setting, yeah. Right? Hey, do you know any other CROs, you know, just like yourself that you could introduce me to, you know, three, four, five CROs in your network? And if so, I'd love to give you that, you know, 10% discount that you asked for 
or everything else that's out there. And I've done that you, multiple times. Yeah, and you can even you can even you know write some short copy for them for the intro yeah. and let them put their own style or flair on that, which you know make it easy for them to do totally. what you're asking. You know, it, and and even I'm even a, like email eh, email's good, but like a LinkedIn DM intro is much better because the, the, it's the referral comes in right away. They can see who you are, what you do, what you're all about, what type of content you're putting out there. Yep. You're then connected with them. You know, I, I think I, I prefer personally a LinkedIn warm intro through DM versus like an email referral. So yep. you can kind of set the table for that. Um, even give them like, Hey, here's a quick message you know, kind of do a warm intro and tell them how we've helped you or what we do or what problems we solve. Um, and yeah, make it simple for them and definitely ask. It takes the same amount of effort to ask for referrals with an S as it does to ask for a referral. Yes, it does. And whatever message that you're putting together for them to either introduce you or even if there's something you want posted on your LinkedIn as a recommendation, you can write that. Say, let me throw you a couple of ideas, make it easy on you, right? Take what you want, put it in your own words. But if you write those different pieces out, then it also helps you customize what's out there. If someone said, I'm really good at helping people understand the sales process, I might want the next person to talk about how good I am at training. So you mm -hmm. can tailor those different pieces for you. So, you know, uh, you, you also ask the question, what holds people back? I think it's sometimes a lack of creativity. Right. How do we think outside the norm? What else are we trying to do? What else could we go out there and get? And even in my kind of mental preparation process, I have a five step process. And the last one is if everything went perfectly on this call in this meeting, what would I sell them? It doesn't always mean a contract. It could be, obviously, but it might mean I want a contract with three referrals. Right. Or I want them to take the demo plus give me a referral. So wherever you're trying to close, so for SDRs or AEs going through different meetings, what is it you're trying to maximize and achieve in that meeting? And make sure that you go out there and go for it. But think big picture. What do I really want to get? If everything went perfectly, if I could wave a magic wand, what would I get on this meeting? And how do I make that come to life? And that really changes your dynamic and making sure that you hit different pieces that are out there, making sure you don't forget things along the way. And it helps you kind of execute in a way to go out there and hit that home run you want to hit. Yeah, yeah. So let's just clarify here. Where does asking for referrals go in the sales process? At what stage or stages does it go? You hit it right there the way you phrase it. It's the stages. That's why I said anytime you had a good positive interaction, yeah. go out there. And which, all which should be in all stages. <laughs> should be in all stages, <laughs> right? So, you know, in a sales playbook, you know, maybe I put it towards the end so people think about it. But when I really train people on a referral process, it's making sure that you understand anytime there's a positive aspect, that's what you want to go out there and do. And if you're ever targeting a very large company, there is a ton of internal referrals that you want to go out there and try to get to. Yeah. Think about your best customer seller or your top five customers. If you are single threaded, one or two contacts only, that if they left, you'd be screwed. 
you have to change that right away. Your referral should be embedding that customer into you so you don't lose them. You're multi-threaded, oh, yeah. different decision makers, different people, and you're constantly reaching out and people just don't think about that. Yeah, people don't even think about internal referrals, which are so crucial. You got to go wide and deep and even maybe get your leadership to connect with their leadership on a yep. level so that if your buyer leaves, you're not you know, left in the dark and wondering why you know they're ghosting you. Sure. <laughs> And so while maybe we don't call it a referral, but in some of the sales playbooks, I build out executive sponsorship programs. And right. part of that is when do you want to get executive to executive, not just to join a meeting, but how do you get the executive to help drive the opportunity or the account? There are different types of programs. But if you're thinking about driving that opportunity and you want C-level to C-level, that can really help push a deal forward. So what you have to do is make sure there's value to why your C-level needs to talk to their C-level. And when you present it, that's a referral. You're not calling it a referral. You're not calling mm -hmm. it a reference, but that's exactly what it is. And it's making sure, like you said, you go as wide and as deep as you can, in, especially in these larger accounts. Yeah. So, so what can we what can we tell you know, the sales hustlers tuning in that are maybe have some of those fears about asking for referrals to just break down those barriers, <laughs> give them some some tips, some tricks, like you know maybe somewhere on their screen, their computer, like just have it in your face ask for referrals with yeah. an S at the end, you know, what, what other things, I mean, I think one thing you mentioned is, you know, heavily documenting it in, in the sales playbook, in the sales, um, you know, game plan, whatever you want to call it, uh, in your sales process, you know, so what, what other tips do you have for them to just kind of get over, get over the fear of asking for referrals and be more proactive about it? So, Write down a couple notes, and I'm not saying like every every word, right? But what's your what's your high level script for it? And I yeah. like to think of bullet points, people. I hate writing out every prepositional phrase out there because then you're going to get you know caught up in the little things, right? But what do you really want to go out there and do? hey, I've appreciated the conversation, really appreciated the insight. I'd love to be able to have this with other people that you know, either internally, you know, externally at companies that you've worked at. I see you've worked at A and B before, or maybe just others in your professional network. Colin, do you have three, four, five people that you could introduce me to? I'd really appreciate it. Say yeah. that three times, four times, five times out loud. Yeah. And you'll just start to get more comfortable with Practice it. Practice it, role play it, you know, record it, listen to it, figure out your pitch, your tone, perfect it, master it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen the numbers. I don't even know what they are exactly, so I'm just going to paraphrase here, but... I mean, bottom line is sellers that are asking from referrals are hitting quota much more often than 25%. those that 25 are not. 25% to 30% is what I've seen from some serious decisions forester type of reports. Slightly I knew you'd, I knew you'd have the, I knew you'd have the <laughs> stat and make me look bad, but not bad. <laughs> right. But it's, it's those, those types of things. And again, yeah. if you're, if you're a rep that is selling to multiple different types <clears throat> of, you know, uh, layers of a company, again, you could also use that to branch out. And I've actually made it kind of self-deprecating so the person actually feels bad. Hey, you know, Colin, I realize I probably haven't been doing a good job. You and I have a great relationship, but God forbid you get sick or something happens and you need someone to support you with me. I haven't been doing that. There's got to be two, three, four other people on your team that are, you know, actively using our product or our service that I should be working with. You know, is it this person, this person, or this person, or, you know, who would you recommend that you introduce me to? But if that's a great way to ask too, but it's also self-deprecating where you kind of put mm. yourself down and they, and they want to save you. 
right? You, I don't even know yeah. if you saw your facial action. You kind of started to nod because you want to save me. Like, no, 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 no. I got yeah. you, man. I got this you. This poor guy. This poor guy. Been doing <laughs> a shit job. Teddy bears has no referrals. <laughs> has not gone wide and deep in the account. Probably not hitting quota, you know. <laughs> Right. But yeah, it's, there's so many different things. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing the right service. You know, I feel I need to reach out to other people and people like sure- helping people, you know, people like helping people. So even, you know, use that to your advantage in your, your scripting for asking referrals. Hey Scott, you know, I was really hoping you could help me out, you know, and, and then whatever that looks like, however you ask for referrals and, and that's going to set the tone. We're like, ah, you know, Scott's a good guy. You know, throw them a couple bones. Sure, sure. no problem. But so, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. Like, that's the biggest thing is you got to get over yourself and ask as a seller. If you're not asking, you know, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. I mean, <laughs> the, the problem is, is I think people, you know, sell the deal and then move on and they're on to the next thing. And, and for whatever reason, they don't want to build a long lasting relationship with their customers in a lot of cases, which is an even bigger problem and a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, you were talking, it reminded me too. A lot of times, especially like you said, you want to have a good positive experience with that customer. So if you ever hear a customer or a prospect say to you, Hey, you know, thank you. That was informative. I appreciate it. If they ever give you a compliment, perfect time to ask. That should be the indicator for you as a seller. Now is the time to go out there. Hey, I'm glad that you appreciated that, Colin. You know, who else do you know, you know, at your company or externally or at a past company? You know, is there a couple, you know, three, four names that you can maybe think who else would want to have this information that you could do a direct message and, you know, introduction for me? Yeah. Go out there or, flip, or flip it upside down a little bit and give them a referral. See what sort of connections or relationships they're looking for. Great. Like I said, the, the tactic is there, how you choose to implement it and how your style yeah. works. There's so many right answers. But to your point, let's not hold ourselves back. I was doing coaching with one of my favorite reps today and I go, was going through some things and I asked them, what is it that's keeping you from doing you know, the specific piece we were talking about? Because we've gone over it before, or a few times before. I'm like, what's holding you back? I was going too quick. I forgot mm-hmm. about it. Right. I was just taking what other people said and just kind of ran with it. So you need to make sure that you take that step back and no professional athlete is just going to walk out and, you know, strike a ball or, or doing else. They're going to prep for it. They're going to understand it. They're going to mentally prep. They're going to understand who they're, who they're talking to or who they're dealing with from that. You got to make sure that you do those, you know, necessary steps. And it doesn't mean it takes forever. You can do that in a short few, five minutes by understanding, Hey, where am I in this process? What are their needs? What do I know that work? How do I want to kind of bring that up into conversation? Right? Mm-hmm. Is there any roadblocks I need to be aware of? And then if everything went perfectly, what would I sell them? How do I make that come to life? I mean, that's my that's my you know pre-call yeah. you know you know process of how I go through it so I can be really armed and precise. Yeah, 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 and 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 just asking in an honest, authentic way. You know, mm-hmm. if you're uncomfortable asking, maybe just tell them you're uncomfortable asking. <laughs> Why not? You Again, know, it's that self-deprecating place. They'll want to save you. Yeah. I really, this is yeah. really uncomfortable for me, but I know it's important. I hate, I hate I, doing this. Yeah, I hate doing this. I hate asking for referrals because I don't want to, you know, put you out. But if you know three or four people that would, that could really benefit from learning this or knowing this either internally or externally, could, could you make you know those those introductions for me today or tomorrow? I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, 
Yeah. There and you by go. being self-deprecating and you heard the tone, did you see how even amped up the ask? Yeah. Yeah. I like how you got though. to the submissive tone and then the confident when you ask, you know, you got to know how to, I mean, tone is a whole nother episode in itself as well, yeah. but practice it, get comfortable with it. Maybe stay uncomfortable with it. You, you know, who knows yeah. that, that coming from that place, you might get more of a success. So, just ask for some damn referrals. That's what we're trying to say Don't here. Ask. <laughs> yeah. How you ask, where you ask, when you ask, how many times you ask. We don't care. Just start asking sales hustlers. Uh, Scott, this has been a lot of fun talking about this. Uh, it's, it's a topic we haven't covered before, so I was excited to talk about this uh, when you suggested it. Uh, before we wrap things up here, just let people a little, know a little bit more about what you do at Quick Hit Sales Tips and where they can find out more and follow you. Yeah, quick hit sales tips. It's pretty easy. You can go to that website, go to that LinkedIn page. You guys get the gist. You can email me, Scott, at quick hit sales tips and ask for referrals. Go for it. Go to my LinkedIn page, ask for referrals. Right. Um, and, and I know it was, uh, I, I love being uh, on the, uh, these types of podcasts and I've been listening to your podcast for a while, Colin. So it's great to finally talk to the Sales Hustle crew crew over there and and uh, be part of it. And, uh, and I, I thank you very much. And I encourage you guys just go out there and do what you need to do to make sure you know how to go out there and execute. And if there's any way I can go out there and execute, that's what I do. I help sellers uh, perform. I help CROs go out there and know how do they get their entire team to be able to go out there and perform with things like sales processes and sales playbooks. And I've trained over 15,000 sellers and over 5,000 frontline sales managers in my life. So I have a huge ha uh, passion for helping people to get better. So I don't like to just make a sales playbook that sits on a shelf and doesn't do anything. How do you adopt it? How do you drive it? And I, luckily I've had a lot of sellers come back to me saying they've had a lot of personal success in terms of their you know, um, you know, financials and everything else, as well as a lot of professional success in terms of their growth. So if I can help anyone out there, it would be my pleasure. Awesome. Thanks so much, Scott. And if you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share it with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.